0: Hudson, you here? I'm here. Hudson Ford's dealership news, midday report. Thanks, Hudson. So that's you can check it out. It's fun. If you I'm totally going for to, those yeah. of you from Canada, yep. I lifted that completely from CKLW which okay. was out of Windsor. It was a 50,000-watt blowtorch. C-K-L-W, much more music. It was the Drake formula during when AM was the, the TNA of, 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 of radio. <laughs> and um, I lifted it from them. Anyway, a, a homage to our Canadian friends.
1: This is the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason, Jason Harris. Harris. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nations? Jason Harris here with Digital Dealership Solutions. Hey, thanks for joining me on another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, guys, we're in Las Vegas, Nevada, and it is stinking hot here. Very hot, very sticky. Um, But we're hanging out right now at the Rockstar Automotive Conference, and I had to grab Kelly Klein... Kelly Kleinman. Thank you. Sorry, I apologize. (laughs) Kelly Kleinman, content director with Dealership News. I got to learn a little bit about what they're doing over there. I'm very excited about that. I think any opportunity for any company out there to help educate the dealership in the usage of analytics and to better their processes and their systems is just phenomenal. So I wanted to grab you for a few minutes. And for everyone out there that don't know about dealership news, can you kind of give me that two-minute origin story kind of how it got started and what direction you guys are taking with
0: it? That's a great question because it's the first question that I ask all of my guests as well. <laughs> we're an intellectual resource for car dealers, basically. Basically decision makers, and of course, we add a lot of value to uh, vendors as well. But primarily, you know, it's a best practice situation. What's working for this dealership uh, that every dealership should know about? And that's, mm-hmm. so that's the kind of information we convey. But we're also, we try to entertain you know we 're not we 're not stodgy we 're not boring i 'm not going to say that some of the other uh, published publications are okay, that, <laughs> but they are. Uh, so we have the midday report, we have the national dealership standing so everyone could see who their competitor, or how their competitors are performing and who their competitors are from across a, bro- a broad spectrum of other brands. So if I'm a, a, a Honda dealer and I wanna see how the Toyota guy is doing down the road and I'm in the top 32 markets in the United States, I can jump on dealership news and find out on a monthly uh, on a monthly basis.
1: Yeah, you know, and and I think that's so important of what we're doing with the content and the information that's at our hands. You know, unfortunately, in a lot of the meetings that I I'm in, is I hear these horrible words of a I think, or I feel something, and every time I hear those, I start to cringe, because it's never based on data.
0: Right. So yeah.
1: What kind of advice can you give out there to dealerships and really how they can use your content to kind of help them make some of their decisions around their processes and marketing efforts?
0: Well, you know, the numbers don't lie. And there's certain things that are working for certain dealers and there's certain things that aren't. And, you know, marketing is all test and learn. And as soon as you get into a phase of assumption and your feeling is that, you know, you're not dealing with the facts. So again, you know, data, the facts are cold um, and they are measurable. And, you know, so we try to provide those for dealers. And, uh, you know, that's that's basically what we're, we're about. Um, they, your, your question was based on things like Google Analytics, for example. We have access to about 175 car dealers' Google Analytics. We could do a deep dive on anybody and tell you how CarGurus is doing against Cars.com. In fact, that's coming out in our hard, our hard copy edition, which will be coming out, I believe, at the end of June. We keep pushing a little bit, but um, uh, you'll be able to see you know, how those guys uh, function against one another. And and we were able to get deeper into it than anybody else. Nobody else does that really. No. You know, car. You know, dealership news gets in there and they show what's working. What? Who's the best CRM? Or who's a good CRM? All CRMs aren't good for everybody. Sure. You know which vendors? Uh, you know which F and I software is best? You know we do. Do we go to market scan? Well, I'm a market scan fan, so I'll just <laughs> leave it at that. I like market scan. we <laughs> will be doing a little bit of work with them. And then there's 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 the whole thing about case studies. You know what you, you need. To be able to prove not, it's not just through reviews because reviews are important but now you've got review software that generates reviews that you don't know if they're 100 percent legitimate you don't know if they're burying the bad reviews and just pushing to publish the good reviews so you need case studies and that's something that we've got coming up called the dealership news case study corner which we will be uh, unveiling in the next 30 to 45 days uh, which i think is going to be very exciting and another reason why we have people coming to our site in the volume that they are, so you could see what is working, what is factual, you know, what the conversion rates are, what the uh, the bounce rates are, what the time on site, the site duration is, all the real important stuff. You know, you could even measure, you know, social media with some of these metrics. Granted, that's a little bit less specific than a good hard Google you know, analysis you know, as far as metrics are concerned, but we, we do offer a lot of that, and that's really how dealers really need to base their strategic decision making.
1: Oh my gosh, what a breath of fresh air. Uh, I'm, t- I'm telling you, it, it really is. I, I, I can't tell you how many times you know, I've seen so much automotive content out there that's not data or analytic driven. And, you know, it sounds what your guys' goal and your objective is, is to not only develop out content that educates and entertains the dealerships, but is truly driven behind real analytics. Something that dealership can actually take back and execute on. Now, when it comes to data, there's still a lot of dealerships out there that are not 100% sure. There's so much, so many analytics. And, and the industry's changing so fast. Our processes are changing so fast. The consumers' needs are changing so fast. You know, if there were, three pieces of analytics that you would really recommend a dealership to focus on right now over the next six months that could really bring them some ROI, what would you recommend?
0: More than anything, I would set up goals probably um, in my Google Analytics, and they would be conversion goals. And obviously, you know, sales is the number one, (laughs) right, that's the number one conversion goal. I would take a look at... um, Aside from the Google Annex, I would take a look at ROs. Uh, I would take a look at, well, if we're going to stay on the website, I would take a look at uh, site visits, uh, duration, and VDP views. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the lot links thing, right? VDP views. And then there's a a company called Dealer Leads out there, which focuses on quality site visits, uh, which it's basically sending organic first-generation traffic to a website, Mm -hmm. and we've seen some terrific terrific conversion rates with those folks so um, I guess if I was gonna obviously sales it's always going to be sales sure. it would be um, you know your, your your ROs your repair orders and then it would be quality traffic to a website uh, that's, that's I think those are and there's a variety of different metrics within that again site duration VDP views or, or, or Session duration, sessions, yep. new sessions, as opposed to return sessions, and then, um, then of course, certainly uh, a lead form fill out and things of this well, nature. And
1: I think the key word you said there is quality traffic.
0: Quality traffic, right? I, yeah. I think
1: for you know for the last you know seven or ten years, we've just been measuring just total numbers, and we really haven't been able to define what is quality. But you got to take the time to sculpt to kind of create that out as a goal. Yeah. Now the word conversion, I know it's so loosely used in our industry. Right, right. Like, you know, it's whatever the hell you want it to be really at the end of the day, right? And one of those conversion goals should be quality traffic. And we can set that up so you can define what was quality traffic and what wasn't quality traffic. Correct,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, so basically Mm -hmm. you've got, again, time spent, number of sessions, uh, lead forms that are filled out, VDP views. Mm -hmm. Those are primarily the top four. we did a blog recently. We had a top six. Don't ask me to recall all of them you know, <laughs> on the spot, right. but but they're 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 maybe I truncated it down to five. Even I'm not sure, but those are that, that's important. So you want to make sure that your website's you know operating at a at full capacity. That when people get on there, you know they're they're going places. It sort of funnels them down in the sale. But bottom line is, I come from DR direct response yep. conversion to us was sale. What did it cost to get the sale? Did you sell it, and then what was the uh, what were your cogs, and what was your margin? That's it. Yep. For me, that those are always whenever I see conversion oh, yeah. set it's, it's up, however it's got it to be sales. Be up, yeah. But yeah, you get with with you know with site visits. Look, it, if you're a third party uh, uh, classified site, or you're uh, you're your main goal is to send traffic you there's certain conversion you know a conversion is we need to get them to this point that's conversion 1 we need to get them to the second point that's conversion 2 and that's sort of how we measure in the back end but there's a lot more to it you know but yeah. but, but still it, it's all of your marketing has to be analytics based it's just, it'll save you a lot of money.
1: Well, our efforts need to be analytics-based, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, we, we're not just going to go change a process within our dealership because we feel like it's a good idea. We think it's a good idea. Uh, kind of going back to what you mentioned earlier, it all starts with the goal. And I, and I think that's one of the places that we actually fail. It's, you know, we, we, um, we'll create, we'll do ads, we'll do marketing, all right? will spend a good chunk of money developing out a website, but we don't know what the ultimate goal was behind it. Yeah. you know, And I think what it is, it's more of a measurable of not just how many people and how many sessions and how much time, but it's the engagement. So I always kind of look at, I love looking at the ad engagement, how the ad engagement can positively affect, not ad engagement, I use that loosely in the sense it could be paid, it could be also organic. Yeah. right? yeah. So that, you know. Right, ad, yeah. branded. It's, yeah, exactly. So there's that can fit into a lot of, how are people engaging with it? And then how does that translate to website engagement? And how can that translate out to actual sales floor engagement? Those three different spaces. Yeah,
0: that's some but some of the things that you can't measure is the quality of your branding. Yeah. Because we're talking about direct, organic, and paid. Well, paid is advertising, obviously. Yep. But your three, the, the three sources of your best possible traffic clearly are organic, mm-hmm. paid, and direct traffic. We, we were talking about that here in the in the show. So you know, that's really what you have to focus on. There's a company out there called Clearavoy. They They basically are able to assess... Um, all of the traffic that comes out well, or a good deal of the traffic that comes onto your website based on CRM activity but they can't track where the direct organic or paid comes from they know yeah. it's paid
1: they have it's some good, cool attribution models they do but yeah
0: it's they do, they're missing I've, that one stuff. I've seen their quote-unquote back-end and I hate to, <laughs> it was, it was ugly it actually was a, a complicated one yeah. But I also realized just looking at the numbers that 75 percent 70 to 75 percent of the traffic is untrackable yes so let's attribute that to their branding efforts good old-fashioned branding you know
1: i I know and and, you know i think branding is becoming such a hot topic and unfortunately it should have always been a hot topic but i believe because our industry right now we're, we're entering into what i like to call a plateau you know, which happens all the time. You know, we've had five or six years of oh, yeah. consistent growth, double digits, You know, yeah. quarter over quarter over quarter. Yeah. That's not gonna happen forever, but we always as an industry do this. Yeah. About every five or six years, we kind of plateau out, All right. which really kind of forces us to take a look at our strategies, key, hopefully we actually have the strategies in the first place, right? Um, but it's like, what are we doing with that data and how can we use that data to develop out better branding efforts?
0: Well, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Over the last three years, let's go back to 2015 until now, how have new car sales been in Canada? they Have been on the rise? Are they at an all-time high? You know, Uh,
1: we're always pretty much in sync with uh, the U.S., obviously the volume's not there, but usually as a percentage, they're usually pretty darn close to each other year over year. So you guys are running in kind of this plateau type season and we're running into the exact same thing, kind of a plateau type season.
0: So we've had a few years over 17 million. Yes,
1: and, and you guys just dipped this last year.
0: We dipped, we where the forecasts are down for this year. But you could attribute a lot of that to hurricanes, yeah. because we've literally—I mean, what was Alicia? There were there were like three big hurricane, two, three big hurricanes in the last three years that you can attribute towards huge car sales. Yeah, there huge were placement losses. sales. We weren't going to get to seventeen million. There's no way in heck we're gonna get to 17 million until those hurricanes hit. So, right now we're forecasting about 16.4, 16, five, yep. right? Let's see if there's a hurricane. It lifts it back up to 16.8 or 17. You know, it seems like it's, it should, it's an unusually strong market considering interest rates are high. There's like That's seven true. or eight million people who are <laughs> 90 days late on their payments. You know, you just wonder you know, um, you know how this is continuing like it is, but the economy's healthy, people are still buying cars. My thing is they're probably buying cars beyond their means still. yep and the I agree the, 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 the downturn is going to be in the next couple of years Guar- guaranteed. Oh no,
1: it. no, no. I, I, I totally agree. I think the next two to three years is going to be a really interesting time for us. yeah, which yeah. just
0: proves the point
1: even more why your dealership's brand is so damn important yeah. because like I said, we know organic efforts. Has what like a fifteen times better conversion rate than, than than paid efforts? You know, it's it's just that that brand. What's that story? The story can no longer be about product and price. We have to go beyond that story. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's definitely numbers driven. Branding is hard to track, but but there's so many people out there pushing best practices like we're here at this this uh, auto auto rockstar uh, meeting um, conference and you're, you're hearing a lot of the same stuff from some really smart people. Yes. You know, you've got to take care of your customer. I think if anything, uh, dealers are beginning to learn, and I don't want to get away from the importance of, of, of metrics, but I think they're beginning to learn that you've got to treat these people nice. And I think one of the things that's slaughtering, you know, dealerships, and, and it continues to hurt the industry from a reputational standpoint, is just how how they're treating the customers, and there's a this is just another topic that we could go into either 100%. now or later. <laughs> would be the, the cultural divide.
1: Yes, you know, good topic.
0: I, because there's so many different cultures out there, and does the person who speaks Spanish want to speak to an English, you know, speaking individual? Do they feel more comfortable speaking Spanish? What about Chinese? Would they rather deal with a Chinese salesman? Uh, would you close more Chinese sa- uh, sales if you had a Chinese salesman speaking Mandarin or Cantonese? This is to me. This is really where it's going in the next yes. for the in the lo- long. In the long range, looking down, forecasting over the next decade, this is we're getting off topic here a little bit. But I could foresee salesmen instead of hiring a Korean salesman or a Chinese salesman, I could see dealer groups sharing salesmen to try to sell uh, the um, the specific demographic group that they're that they have opportunities. You know, with.
1: it's funny you say that, and uh, and I'm glad we kind of got on that topic because you know I'm from Toronto. Yeah, right. It is a Melting pot. I mean, holy cow! I mean, I I have a dealership that can easily have five different targeted ethnic backgrounds from, and all the way from from Mandarin to Portuguese to Italian, just literally all in the exact same, all in the same space. And I actually have a dealer group that's literally talking about what you just said. You know, they they have nine dealerships, kind of all within pretty close proximity of each other. And but even with those proximity, there is such a huge difference in kind of the ethnic background of each one of those little pockets. Yeah. And trying to be able to kind of move people around, deciding which salespeople should be at which location based on that. But I th- I think at the end of the day, it, what really what the core of it is is that we need to be doing it for our audience or for our customers, right? We got to understand who our audience is, understand who our customers are, and then make changes to that. And, that, yeah. and that's not just in our operations, but also in our marketing. And uh, I think over the next two, three years, that's what a lot a lot of people are going to have to be focusing on.
0: Oh, God, yeah. I can hardly wait to get back and do a blog on it. I'm really <laughs> getting excited about it. There's a company over here um, who we just met today, and he addressed the concept of uh Cross-cultural um, communications and sales, and some of the the handicaps that the dealerships have addressing those needs, those concerns. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to that having that conversation. It's going to become a really big deal, and again, the dealers have to adapt to it. Right now, they're not. I mean, I've been in, I've been in dealerships. I won't get into the. My wife happens to be uh, Asian, <laughs> yeah. And uh, she, and there was a, an individual who. I won't do my imitation of him, but he started uh, bad talking another dealer that we had uh, uh, had visited, and he said, "Oh, he's just jiving you, basically." Um, he didn't say it like that, it was, I know that guy. I traded. I I, I trained him. I know. He, I know exactly what he's doing for you. I know what his <laughs> deals are. I know he's gonna pull the rug from under you. I know. She got really upset with that, and she took her sweater off and threw it at the guy, oh because you Christ. don't. You know. You just. You know. She should. He showed disrespect. Yes. To somebody that she sort of appreciated and you know that's sort of an extreme example but I know that Chinese like to deal with Chinese that english-speaking people like to speak you know not, and this isn't certainly across the board but it, it helps to be able to be able to cross that cultural divide simple as that so they got to figure out ways of doing that so you get so basically what the bottom line here we get smarter on the metrics we get smarter on being people people and and we survive but it's a constant It's a constant adaptation process. And some will succeed and some won't. Um, maybe we're going to have more ride sharing. I mean, if we really want to get into it, we start looking down the road, (laughs) there's going to be ride sharing. Well, that's actually going to be my next
1: question for you. You know, it's like, I I think we're all agreeance right now that at this given moment in time, it is all about your audience and better understanding your audience, utilizing your dealership's data, because there's tons of data there at the dealership's levels, what you've already sold, who you've already sold to, um, but then also your website's data, also even the analytics you're collecting from your ads, engagement, Yeah. And, and really deep diving and understanding who is looking, who is shopping, who is researching, you know, and who's in that place to buy. And then we're creating content. We're doing, creating processes for them. And that's that's going to be a big part for the next two, three years. Yeah. Um, but my next question is, is yeah. what else? Is What other big changes do you see over the next two to three years that's going to affect our industry?
0: I would absolutely say if they continue to raise interest rates, I know they froze, and that would freeze out mm-hmm. some new car sales. Mm-hmm. I, think, mm-hmm. uh, use, I, I think there's some really real great opportunities for car dealers down the road because the used cars that people are buying are going to start breaking down, and most people can't. Right now, uh, our count is, on average, two and a half used cars are sold for every new car.
1: Wow. And, and that's for and that, the most of the dealers that, that we've increased. In, Cause I don't know the it, on it that it went
0: from one and a half to two and a half and it varies.
1: That's, so, so that is a substantial increase yeah. thing.
0: If it's a luxury brand, it's almost in reverse sure. maybe, but certainly um, with the more affordable vehicles, anything under, let's say 55 grand or along mm-hmm. those lines um, we're looking at that. So that's going to continue. Those cars are going to continue to break down. And instead of sending or, or instead of sending that, by having a bad service department instead of sending those people to independent dealers. You, you know you're in This is kind of a joke, but you know you're in trouble <laughs> when the independent uh, repair shop across the street, you, you see their technicians driving up in Lamborghinis, and you see your, other, your guys on your service lane doing nothing. You know, you know you've got a problem. So I, I see um, a concerted effort in uh, customer retention, uh, strategies. I see okay. a concerted effort in being more transparent, not only in the sales, but also in the service department. Because right now I would not go to my dealer You know, with my vehicle. I go to an independent guy that I trust.
1: Because you just don't feel that they have the transparency you're looking
0: for. It's definitely not there. Okay. I know that they're going to ream me. Basically. <laughs> I know Fair I'm going to get raked over the coals. So, so there's gonna be changes as far as that's concerned. But I could see a dealer actually at some point, some of the smaller ones perhaps, making a lot more money servicing vehicles and, and, and executing ROs than, than they will upfront selling vehicles. Uh, so I see that that's where that's going. And if I look into the, the far distant future, I see uh, subscription models for vehicles um, that will fill a gap of people who don't want to always have a car, um, uh, have bad credit and can't really get one, and aren't willing to spend $550 on an Altima. Sure. I, <laughs> sorry for all of you Altima guys out there who are <laughs> paying $500 for Camrys. I and mean, there's a lot of you out there. Um, they're gonna get sick of that, you know. And so, I just I could see I, I could see that new car sales will maybe in the United States. I would say from 10 years on you'll see far less than 15 million sold.
1: I agree with you, and I think that's something that's definitely come in the pipeline. Yeah. So just kind of just recap, you know, we so far, you know, we've talked about you know really understanding your audience through data. By, by the
0: way, I like the pen you've got there. It, yes, matches, I your it matches your shoes and your tie.
1: That's actually, by the way, what attracted me over to to your booth.
0: Folks, there's some <laughs> incredible synchronicity going on yes. between myself and our, our Canadian neighbor.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true, but but no. I mean, it, it, the importance of really understanding your audience, you know, through the data, um, focusing on retention because there's going to be a shift. You know, I think we've gotten we've gonna buy with what we have, just on more of what I call like a full belly syndrome. Like there's enough there for us to be happy about it, so we're not really necessarily worried about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and then transparency. Like the, the, Those are the three big places that I think dealerships need to focus on over the next few yeah. years to really yeah. kind of be successful and to keep their eyes and at least start having the conversation about what would a subscription model look like for them. Yeah. We're not saying it's gonna happen like right now, but let's have the conversation, talk about what it would and what it could look like and for what is, it,
0: And what does it mean to the, insur- the auto insurance guys? Yeah. You know, is that gonna put them out? Because yeah, I point. think that, that that's gonna change. I would have to think the premiums would be reduced substantially mm-hmm. and there would be more of a cost to the dealer on that one. You know, there's one other thing out there that we didn't go over, um, and if we have time to do it, we may as well do it now. Absolutely, so on Let's do it. three, two, one. Um, <laughs> we, sorry, <That's laughs> we. Um, there's a company out there called Hire Car, uh-huh. H-Y-R-E. Uh, Brian Allen is leading the charge over there, and they have a phenomenal um, model that helps a dealer mo- monetize sitting inventory. Okay. So they could have used cars that are in great shape or slow moving new cars and they put Lyft and Uber drivers into them.
1: Oh yes, I've read about this. Really, yeah. really cool, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a great model and uh, they the uh, actually the, uh, the car dealership picks up the insurance on it. It's not that expensive. Well, actually, it's included in the price of the rental. Yeah. So you really don't have to bring in any other employees. You just have your fleet manager handle it and car has the software and once you get up to about 2,000 miles, they switch the guy out of the car or they give that person the opportunity to buy the car. Yeah. So you, they're test driving it for 2,000 miles. Uh, they're paying, basically it's almost like a pay to own if they want to go that yeah. far. Yeah, So that's a great model too. And there might be some other th- things that come up that you know, we haven't even thought about. But to me, that seems pretty novel. And I know a, a few car dealerships down here in the States that are um, exercising it and it it's, seems to be working pretty well That's so really will stuff. where yeah. it. it's, no, very, it's exciting. very exciting yeah. to see
1: what direction it is now if a dealership would like to learn more about what we just talked about and more about what you guys do where would they go?
0: first I'd send a check for $5,000 to <laughs> Kelly Kleinman 955 no um, dealershipnews.com we have all that fun stuff we are an intellectual resource for car dealers and vendors we have some really entertaining things up there we have the midday report which is a Hudson Ford? Hudson, you here? I'm here. Hudson Ford's dealership news midday report. Thanks, Hudson. So that's you can check it out. It's fun. If you I'm totally going for to, those yeah. of you from Canada, yep. I lifted that completely from CKLW, which okay. was out of Windsor. It was a fifty thousand watt blowtorch. CKLW. You know much more music? It was the Drake formula during when AM was the the. Was the, I don't I was going to use a, a derogatory term? No, that's cool. But it was the TNA of of of, of radio, <laughs> and um, I lifted it from them. Anyway, a, a homage to our Canadian friends. Dealershipnews.com, com midday report. We've got the national dealership standings, and then we've got a lot of this intel that we've been discussing. Uh, we have some great uh, uh, bloggers. Several of them are speaking here today, and uh, we're blowing it up over there. So check us out and. Get a subscription and follow us on social media.
1: Awesome. Hey, Kelly, thank you so much for taking the time and jamming with me.
0: Thanks. That was a blast. Pleasure. Yeah, good times.
1: Thanks.